High Energy Day, feeling good, feeling fine. The Eric Zane Show podcast is here, is now. From the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio, Baldwin Ace Hardware, a beacon of DIY awesomeness in the Northland. Okay, so I'm putting together a plan. Uh, Before I begin that, I'm just reminded of someone in attendance right now. That is the multi-talented Amy. Uh, She just did uh, uh, in Wisconsin, Wisconsin Marathon or some deal, something in Wisconsin. I don't know what the community was, where the race was held. But so she drives all the way over there and it's like the race weekend. And they have like races every day of the... uh, of of the uh, of the weekend and on day 1 she runs uh the 5k race and then she finishes the race and everybody's like yeah all right you kick ass way to go and then uh while everybody's you know getting a drink maybe a beer having a good time Eau Claire Wisconsin while they're all having a good time she wanders over to the starting line because the 10, the 10 K is getting set to start and you're like, no way. So then she muscles her way and starts that race and finishes that one. By the way, very consistent on the pace. Um, you hit, uh, a pretty cons- uh, the, the, your pace in the five K or the 10 K was nearly identical to the five K. So you, you weren't slowing down. Then she uh, finishes that race, cross the finish line. Everybody's, you know, hey, way to go. You know, let's go. Let's go get drunk. She's like, no, fuck you. And then she um, goes back to her room, wakes up the next day, and runs the marathon. Fucking A. Now, I see you with that comment about I ran really slow, though. Um, You must be in peak physical form to do these things, regardless of the pace. Uh, My point being, anybody off the street can't go and just do that because they go slow. If someone hasn't put the time in, you can't walk that because slowly... Uh, your joints and, and muscles will hurt so much, you will be forced to stop. I've experienced this recently. Uh, being not trained like I should be for that half marathon at Disney, I got to about mile eight. I was like, oh, you know, I, I still feel pretty good. And then just a couple little, little uh, nagging little knee issues and leg issues um, made it not so. But I don't know why the logos uh, are getting smaller and smaller. I I just noticed this. My logos there have kind of like disappeared. What the hell is that? Look at how tiny the logos are right now. I have no idea what the fuck is going on with that. I better hide those for now. Come back to that later. Uh, Okay. So, Tyler says, speaking of distance running, are you rescheduling the Eric taking on Mike Ball race? Why not? 
Why not? We owe that. I think last year I couldn't, uh, I, I, I almost sawed my foot off with the chainsaw. So we absolutely need to do that. Oh my God. Yes. Perfect opportunity to talk about January, the, uh, Disney marathon. Uh, you know, I probably shouldn't even talk about that cause I don't have all my ducks in a row about how to publicize that and, and where to tell you to go if you want to sign up, but just know that as a team, the easy cure team, we are going to Disney for the Disney marathon weekend. And, uh, I would love you to be there. Like I said, I don't want to get, I don't want to unpack that too thoroughly right now because I'm like, uh, yeah. Okay. How do we sign up? Well, I don't know. Uh, so congrats to you, Amy. Well done. Strong lady. Uh, that is, uh, that is no easy feat. <clears throat> okay. So as I'm, uh, uh, working this week, I'm, uh, I'm trying to plot and plan. We're taking all of this show on the road to fear bunker North. All right. And with that, boy, it is, uh, it is a, a long process to actually make this happen. Um, it, even if I were to just go up there just to hang out and do nothing, it, I mean, the amount of planning that goes into that, because if you forget anything, you're kind of fucked. Especially when you're solo up there like I am. Uh, the plan was midweek, next week, take off. But no, I'm actually going up Sunday now. Change of plan. Sunday, I will be on my way to Fear Bunker North. I pack all this shit up here in the studio and go up north, including the dogs. Four dogs, uh, all the equipment. Your old pal, Easy, go up north, do the show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from Fear Bunker North. And, oh, fuck, it's an undertaking, to say the least. Uh, but one that I'm up for. You know what I'm constantly afraid of the most, though? Because um, I have PTSD. When I go up there, um, one of the dogs running off. Now... I have these uh, GPS deals on their collar and an app. And uh, the two that would be most likely to do it would be Bruce here and O'Neill, who's over there. And holy shit. If they see a squirrel, O'Neill's gone, and Bruce follows. And uh, there have been some times that I was like, okay, uh, I'm starting to wrap my mind around the thought that both dogs are gone forever and I will never see them again. And just by luck, luck. Um, while driving around the acreage, uh, I found O'Neill. Bruce came back. It was crazy because um, they took off, and I went running after them, and, and they're getting further, smaller and smaller in my, uh, in my uh, 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 line of sight through this dense patch of woods. And I'm going... And finally, uh, I go back in, I get a bowl full of food and I'm shaking it like I like to do and rattle it. And uh, Bruce comes back. I go, okay, great. Okay, you're back. So I, I lead him back to the trailer, put him in, get get in my car, take off. I've told the story before. And I wander over to Bosco's house. Uh, not the restaurant. My neighbor, who's, I mean, it's three quarters of a mile away. That's how uh, remote this is. Uh, and... Now, I'm making a huge mistake, but I have to 
because I drive onto the property. You do not drive on people's property in this part of the world. From the road, you yell and you seek permission to approach. You don't walk on. That's a great way to get fucking shot. But there I am. Bo and Luke Duke right there into there. I think he's got like a little turnaround driver's gravel flying everywhere. I get out and bang it. Bosco! Get the fuck up. O'Neal's out. O'Neal's holy fuck. And he's not home. So I go wandering over to the side of the house. I'm like, oh, shit. Now he's got a fucking hound. And I look, and the dog is out. It's a uh, a beagle, and it's pointing. And uh, he, he's on a leash, you know, probably the other end of it's tied to a cinder block. These are hill rods. And uh, the dog is just staring. And so I look at the dog, go, the fuck is he looking at? So then I, like, kind of track over, and he's looking right at the back of the house. And then as I'm looking, I go, well, he's looking at something. What the fuck is he looking at? Fuckface O'Neal pops around with the corner. And goes, hey, how's it going? I know you. O'Neal, get in the fucking car. Oh, shit, man. When you combine joy and and sheer rage, it it creates, uh, it's, it's orgasmic. I'm surprised I didn't jizz right there. A rage jizz. Boy, that's weird. Wish I hadn't said that. Uh, Tyler says the good news is Darla has squishy little legs and cannot outrun you if she decides to take off after something. It's absolutely true for now. Uh, but now I got this thing. I just click on my. Oh, yeah, there they are. Fucking dicks. I'll go get you in a minute. I'll let you wander around there. Uh, concerning Bosco's property, Tyler says you're lucky there weren't landmines planted around around there. Kenny says never heard of rage jizz before. Who cut the cheese? Who for some reason is not subscribed. What the fuck are you doing? Says, sorry. Fuck face is an underrated word. It's so great. Oh, it, completely. I love that. That's one of my favorite words. Fuck face. Whatever, fuck face. Because you can really emphasize a fuck. Fuck face. It just, it just saw uh, the, the, the letter arrangement there is just spectacular. Um, so, yeah, that's what's up. Be headed out there. Uh, it's uh, the plan is to paint the interior of the. How old is that trailer now? 70-year-old trailer, my God, uh, and get it ready for my dad because now since Charity Scam Mike, uh, his dad sold that piece of property. Now everybody's going to be on my property for the Memorial Day get-together and fish fry, and this thing is epic. The fuck Charity Scam Mike, his dad had this piece of property. It was two miles away from my place, and uh, for the longest time, um, you know, he would go up to his place. I go up to my place and we'd sh- ferry back and forth and uh, go to his place for a campfire one night, come to my place for a campfire. 
And again, this is his dad's property. Well, the dad got bummed out about something and uh, decided uh, on a at the at the drop of a hat to sell the property. Has crushed Mike and his family, you know. So now they're all at my place. So I've got to and get you know make sure that the place is. I got to put a new roof on the outhouse, okay? And uh, that is going to be. Wait until we tell the stories. Because I can promise you something fucked up is going to happen. If I'm swinging a hammer, it's there's going to be a catastrophe at some point. I was throwing up some, sh- I was putting some shingles on the um, freestanding roof that's over the 70-year-old trailer a couple of years ago. And, oh my God, fucking shit. Uh, hello to Suspicious Maximum. You look new. Are you new? Do I, have we had this conversation before he writes, he or she writes headed into work to catch the rest on the podcast. Glad you're here. Uh, Kenny writes, Mr. Z plus hammer or chainsaw plus ladder equals good stories. Fuck. You're not kidding. So I was way up high on this extension ladder, uh, putting some shingles on. Uh, Aram writes suspicious is the one I was talking to on Reddit. Oh yeah. You said some nice things about me. Both of you guys. I appreciated that. Uh, you were, uh, making the comments and suspicious is Patrick. That's who that is. Excellent. Um, thank you for your support. So I'm at the top of this ladder at near the top of the temporary roof or the uh, freestanding roof. And, um, the way my dad put the shingles on before, it was so fucking uh, redneck. Um, you know how the shingles hang over the edge, and then you kind of uh, trim them so that they all uh, uh, fit nicely and look and look good. He did. He didn't do that, and uh, that turned out to be a wonderful place for a uh, nice uh, band of bald faced hornets to uh, build a nest. And what you don't know about bald face hornets is it ha- this has been proven. This is a proven fact that if the bald face hornet sees you and you have upset the creature, it has enough uh, intellect to pick you out and hold a grudge. Somehow some insect guy expert figured out that through some type of fucking test or testimonials, or I don't know how the fuck they figured it out. This uh, murdering devil insect will remember you. So if you fuck with them, you know, and then they see you coming later, they're going to just say, oh, fuck you, and go all Randy Weaver on your ass when you're walking up to them. Some of you get that joke. So I'm trimming the shingles and I get to one point and I I start to like lift it up and then trim it. And then I see them all looking at me and it was dusk. So they were calm. Well, as calm as bald face hornets can be. And then they start to like rear up. I can see their asses starting to shake. They're getting ready to launch a, a, a sortie of death on my fucking nose. Holy shit. I like slid. I dropped. Ah! 
drop the fucking snips and just like slid down like a fireman down the fucking thing. Got, I'm running away like a bitch. Oh, shit. Survive that. Spray them all. They're all dead. Okay, great. Uh, next thing you know, I'm back up next day on the ladder. And uh, I'm, I got my shingles and swinging my hammer. Now, I'm, I'm not good with this thing. I'm not accurate. And sure enough, I'm bam. And it's pop, pop, pop. And the was my thumb. Oh, shit. Uh, was it my thumb? No, 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 no. I take it back. It was my it was my middle finger. My middle finger. I hit my middle finger and I I I sp- it like split open like a grape. It like was you know, and it was kind of flat and the nails immediately starting to bleed all around the bottom of the nail. Everything's just fucked on that thing. And uh d- um so Diana is on the ground and and she's like reading a magazine, uh, just watching me so I don't kill my, in case, in case I fall. And then she hears, you know, and then um, she hears, Eric, did you hurt yourself? Uh-huh. Okay. Are you okay? No. Uh, uh. Walks over. She's holding the uh, ladder. She goes, come on down. Come on down. I'll help you. I just uh, fucking, a fucking hammer. Fucking finger. Oh, shit. You ever try to, like, uh, grab the rung of a ladder and uh, you're going down the fucking thing and every time you grab a rung, you, you realize, oh, shit, fuck, my God. Oh. Pulsating pain, so ridiculous. Um, Tyler says, I'm surprised you didn't vagal. Okay, now if this had been like post when I cut my foot off with the chainsaw, yes. Because after you, um, after it starts to like, um, after you have it happen once, it, it's easier to have it happen again. But I remember feeling very nauseous when that happened. And then I went and I sat down and I, and I think I was close to having that happen. God forbid if that happened, man, because Diana would have really shocked the shit out of her. Holy shit. Was that rough? Hopefully that won't happen again. Um, all right. So that's where I will be starting on Sunday. Uh, as you can see, I've got, uh, the little fucking troublemaker, Darla over my shoulder. Looks like she just woke up. That might mean trouble. Uh, she's, if she, she's starting to get restless. If she starts to whine, then that's a pretty good sign. We got to go. We got to go. I got my eye on her, my eye on her, my ears open. Uh Oh, 
she's getting up. Yeah, I'm going to take a break. Okay, there it is. She cried. Okay, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, she wants down. She wants to roam. Come here. little cat nap then she'll terrorize the place and uh get the zoomies <sighs> can't hear it's time to chew on some cords oh big time man big time i don't have this place uh darla proofed there's no question all right what the fuck is going on um Thank you to everybody who's getting the show on the live stream. Several spots, only one of which can you see it live in its entirety. That is twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live. I mentioned that every show, trying to get as many people as possible to enjoy the, not, you know, I don't want, I don't care how you consume the show, but um, when it comes to the live stream, I, the only way to get the whole show is on Twitch. Like people say, Hey, what helps you more? Uh, if I watch it on Twitch or I listen to the uh, audio podcast and I'm like, well, both, if you are subscribed to the audio podcast on Spotify or Apple podcasts, then it downloads automatically. Uh, that helps me. I get a penny or two for everyone who's automatically downloads the content. Okay. You can always delete that shit if you want, but it really helps. I mean, seriously, if you all uh, do have a subscription, you know, you hit like subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever to the free show. And then if you're subscribed on Twitch too, that helps as well. Or if at least following the page, uh, twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live. So if you're on Facebook and Twitter and watching the show right now or YouTube, Head on over to twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live and follow the page. I'd also like you to subscribe as well. Uh, you can do that by linking your Amazon prime account and then hitting the subscribe button. Or if you don't have Amazon prime, uh, subscribing by dropping five bucks on it. I don't make a big deal about that. I don't stress that that often because I, I don't like to give the impression that I'm constantly asking you for money. But the only thing that I'll really sell you hard on is the Patreon. Keyword hard on. Keywords hard on. Um, because it costs a lot uh, in time to put all the content up there. And I, I am entirely dependent and relying on you to support me on Patreon so that I can keep doing all of my podcasting. So there you go. That's how it all works. Ad-free listener-supported Patreon. So I realize I'm asking you to... Uh, check out a bunch of shit, but it, it's really quite simple. Um, subscribe to the audio podcast on whatever platform you like. Follow on Twitch and sign up for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. So for those of you enjoying the show on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, I will be uh, sending you on your way. Have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you down the road. Facebook and Twitch. Brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Love them so much. Twitter brought to you by Blue Frost IT. 
YouTube sponsorless. Hey, what's up? It's your pal EZ with another amazing partner for the Eric Zane Show podcast, the Eufy Video Lock. Oh my gosh. Smart Lock 2K Cam and Doorbell 3-in-1 Triple Security. You got everything in one device, all right? Rather than install piecemeal, hoping that you got this app, that it's going to work okay in that app, and oh my God. This is not just for security, but also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. And you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. So, you know, like they all have their codes. They walk up to the door. They punch it in. The door unlocks. In they go. And, of course, it's a video camera. So it's all there. You can see who shows up at your door. This is fantastic. We live in a golden age for home security. And the Eufy Video Lock is the top of the heap, okay? You can go to eufyofficial.com slash video lock for more information. This thing is easy to install. The setup, all you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling or anything like that. All the keyless entry components make it so fantastic. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Amazing. No battery anxiety. You've got the ultimate I don't know what it is, super lithium whatever that keeps this thing powered for a long, long time. No monthly fee on this, unlike other brands that do that. They just bend you over and charge you a monthly fee. I love the Eufy Video Lock. Get to eufyofficial.com slash video lock. E-U-F-Y official dot com slash video lock. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, this is the get into trouble phase of the show until Ding Dong here decides to take a nap. All right. Maybe she'll sit here with us. Wouldn't that be something if she just fell asleep right on my lap? All right. What the hell is going on in the world? I'll tell you what's not going on in the world. Uh, well, at least in the United States. Writing for TVs, movies, anything. I remember when this happened the last time. It had uh, pretty uh, uh, big ramifications. The 2007, uh, 2007 uh, Writers Guild strike. There's over 11,000 writers that uh, write for various TV shows and movies and uh, late night TV and Scripted comedy, scripted television, anything that requires writing in the entire industry in the United States has to be, has to go through the Writers Guild of America. Well, they're pissed off because... They're not, uh, there's more money coming in and uh, more more work to be done. And they are not being compensated for their efforts. My first thought is radio's been doing that for as long as I've been in it. Radio needs a union. Well, it's got to be better than what we have right now. The fact that. Um, 
a 15-year-old Taco Bell employee is by far making more money than a radio person is nuts. I've been in radio for uh, nearly 40 years, and the money that I make on uh, Big 101.3 is less than the average entry-level Taco Bell employee. So I don't want to hear shit about the Writers Guild being pissed off. Uh, no, that, actually, that's a that's a thing that, that they definitely need to be compensated. Um, but my point is, this has been like this forever in radio. So this all stems from a lot of it has to do with uh, streaming. There's an uh, abundance of content being created, especially as orders come in from streaming services. You know how it is because everybody realized that um, uh, most people get their content from streaming services these days. So what you had before was just a few networks making television. Now you have, oh, fucking A. Uh, There's 8 million different uh, streaming services that are producing original content, and a lot of it is very good. So uh, there's more work to be had. And so somebody's making all the money, and you know who is not? The writers. So they are on strike. They have said, uh, I saw at the end of this one story, it's written as, uh, first of all, the cost of the Writers Guild, the last strike, where all of this happens, the uh, film, television, entertainment industry in Southern California, it cost Southern California $2.1 billion. And they were on strike for like 100 days or some shit like that. How painful this writer's strike remains to be seen. But as of late Monday evening, laptops were being closed shut all over Hollywood. Pencils down, said Halt and Catch Fire showrunner and co-creator Christopher Cantwell on Twitter shortly after the strike announcement. Don't even type in the document. Um, I'm always interested in the specifics of what is causing the strike. I wish there was, um, sharing of exact information, uh, what you all are making and what you would like to make and what is being offered so that everyone can understand exactly what is at stake. And so when you, when you then see it, I mean, if you're a member of the public and then you have the ability um, to discern who's at fault here. Kyle writes, if there wasn't a strike in 2008, Breaking Bad would have gotten canceled. Interesting. I I'd never heard that. Um, 11,500 unionized screenwriters are heading to the picket lines today. Negotiations between studios and writers, which began in March, could not reach new contract. Writer's deal expired at midnight. The board of directors for the Writers Guild uh, said um, they called for the strike. The company's behavior has created a gig economy inside a union workforce. 
Yeah, you can't have that, man. The union works as one. And if you've got um, the, a, a gig economy, I guess what they're saying is um, writers who need to be paid according to a contract are being paid by the gig, I guess, by like specific tasks. Is that what that means? And their immovable stance in this negotiation has betrayed a commitment to further devaluing the profession of writing from their refusal to guarantee any level of weekly employment and episodic television to the creation of a day rate in comedy variety like uh, Colbert to their stonewalling on free work for screenwriters and on AI for all writers. They have closed the door on their labor force and opened the door to writing as an entirely freelance profession. No such deal could ever be contemplated by this membership. So they're hoping to uh, reap the rewards of content creation and take all of the money and fuck the person who's in charge of writing the damn thing. Immediately, all of the television variety shows, uh, Kimmel, uh, Fallon, Colbert, they, they stop because those shows are entirely dependent upon writers. That just goes to show you how the line of work that your old pal EZ is in, which requires no writing, is superior to shows like that, which have unbelievable amounts of writing support. And then the talking head doesn't really come up with the jokes. He just reads the jokes into the fucking camera with a prompter in their face. Fuck that. If I'm the show, if I'm Kimmel or whoever, I'll say, um, all right, here we are. It's Tuesday. Welcome to Jimmy Kimmel. You know, as we do these shows, a little pulling back of the curtain, we are entirely dependent upon the writers. And here at the Kimmel show, we intensely support the writers as they are on strike right now. That being said, we will not be um, writing anything for this show. Nothing. Not a single word of direction will be happening on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Instead, this camera is turned on, and I walk out here, and I talk, and I do a show with no writing. Fuck, just do it. It would be great. People would love that. You know, they'd be like, oh, well, you're a strike breaker. It's like, no, I'm not. No one's writing anything. We're fucking winging it. Can you imagine how great that show would be if someone actually did that shit? Oh, my God. I would watch that. No writing whatsoever. Somebody would probably get their legs broken. I'm wondering if the Writers Guild has that type of mentality where if you break the strike, they, like, attack you. I remember I broke one picket line. Um, It was during the NFL strike in the 1980s of football players. And um, so my favorite team is the Detroit Lions. And uh, they're all on strike for whatever fucking reason. And then they, they, they hired replacement players. Oh, no. I actually know a guy today who was on the team as a scab, the kicker. Um, I used to call him Kickalicious. What the fuck was his name? I don't know. Anyway, went to Western, and he's kicking on the scab team. 
Well, I was just a teenager at this time. And uh, I, go, I go to the Silver Dome and I'm walking to the parking lot and I don't know what to expect. I got my fucking foam finger and my I'm going to root on my lions. And then I, 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 I'm walking. You have to actually go through the picket line to get to the facility. And I'm with my dad and they're talking shit about my dad saying, oh yeah, your dad's a scumbag for bringing you to this shit. Fuck you, kid. They're like saying really fucking mean shit to me. I'm like, fuck you. All my favorite players, Gary Danielson's telling me to go fuck myself. Billy Sims is telling me to suck his dick. Fuck you, kid. Ah! Horrible. Wander in there, watch the shittiest football ever. There's 80, uh, the the arena would hold like 800,000 people, the stadium. And there's like 50 fans there. Ugh. That's the only time my dad uh, was able to take me to a football game because he didn't have any fucking money. This is after the divorce. and you know, Tickets were like a dollar. I go see these assholes play. Jesus. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that would ever be considered. The labor dispute could have a cascading effect on TV and film productions, depending on how long the strike persists. Shutdowns widely forecast for months due to the, the uh, scope due to the scope of the discord. At issue is how writers are paid in the industry where streaming has changed the rules of Hollywood economics. Writers say they aren't being paid enough. TV writer rooms have shrunk too much and the old calculus of how relig- residuals are paid out needs to be redrawn. That sounds like radio. You get, you know, each radio station now has like two people that run 15 radio stations and you make less than ever. The survival of our profession is at stake, the Guild has said. Streaming has exploded the number of series and films that are annually made, meaning more jobs for writers, but WGA members say they're making much less money and working under more strained conditions. Pumping out shows. Showrunners are streaming series. Uh, showrunners on streaming series receive just 46% of the pay that showrunners on broadcast series receive. The WGA claims. That's kind of like um, in radio, you know, you have these companies... They gather around their local DJs and they say, all right, where before your job was to go on there and present the music or say something that's interesting or engage your audience in some particular way. Ah, now, now we want you to not only do that, but we want you to be a writer for our website. So, uh, Tommy from WGRD has to write four articles and Tommy's not a writer, but uh, they insist that he writes four articles a day or six articles a day and posts them to the website to try to draw more people to the website. Well, how do you get more people to go to the website is who cares if dumb fuck Tommy wrote an article? Well, Tommy has to go on the radio and then talk about his dumb fuck article and get people to go to the website. And then every person that goes to the website or the app and reads Tommy's dumb fuck article about whatever the fuck Tommy's writing about, uh, the radio station uh, gets a little bit of money. 
And so Tommy says, oh, wow, okay, so that's cool. Um, How much of this money do I get? And they go, oh, none. Uh, that's kind of like uh, what you, that's what you get for $12 an hour. Oh, so I have to do more so you can make more and I get none. Right. Well, I don't want to do that. You're fired because we're going to get some other asshole in here who's going to do it for less than you and they'll have a smile on their face. Fuck you. Holy shit. That is embarrassing. Uh, the guild seeking more compensation on the front end of, de- of of the deals. Many of the back-end payments writers have historically profited by, like syndication and international licensing, has been phased out by the onset of streaming. More writers, roughly half, are being paid minimum rates, which is a 16% increase over the last decade. The use of so-called mini-writers' rooms has soared. Wow interesting to me um a lot of times in radio you'll hear things like um radio's hilarious because they're always trying to convince you and lobby about ways you can make cash so you'll sit down with um joe market manager and uh the conversation will be like okay um well we're gonna need you to be the morning person so you got to be here at two AM and uh, you got to do all these things to get the show on the air and uh, you'll be alone on this show. And then um, you also need to board up, uh, sorry, voice track afternoons on our sister country station and do the news on our AM middays. So your day is going to start at two and we'll get you out of here by 6 PM right after uh, evening drive. And then um, you also need to schedule the music. Hey, well, uh, okay, what's my pay for all this? Well, that's this is $12 an hour job. So you're working all these hours. You're, you're going to make a pretty penny at 12 bucks an hour. Um, well, yeah. Um, all right. Well, is there any other great ways to make money? Yeah. Um, you know, it's all up to you. You can make as much money as you want to make. You can be, you can make a million dollars if you want. Um and you'll make that all up. You'll get to a million a year um, through your talent fees. So what you do is you then, um, you're going to be the voice for any of the advertisements that come in. They want you to pitch like uh, the shoe hut. Say, hey, this is Tommy here to tell you about the shoe hut. And uh, I get all my shoes at the shoe hut. Okay, how much do I get for that? Well, you're going to get 10 bucks for every uh, read you do. Oh, every time it airs? No, no, no. 10 bucks like for one time. Oh, okay. And then, uh, well, then the shoe hut is going to have you there for a remote. When you get off at 6, you got to be at the shoe hut at 7 p.m. to uh, midnight for the Midnight Madness shoe sale. From 7 p.m. to midnight, you're going to get 50 bucks for that five hours that you're there. And then, no big deal. You still got two hours till you're on the air again. Fuck me. Kyle's got it down. He says, that's why you always hear half a story and then follow it up with, go to our website to check out the rest. I give you a little homework project. Tune in to WGRD today after 
uh, our beloved Freebird and Howings get off the air. And you'll hear Jana talking through her nose. Nice, have a time, And Tommy with his fucking smoker voice. And they will talk, and then uh, they'll direct you to the... Kenny writes, every few months there's some group of people bitching about not making enough money. I kind of just don't care. I don't make enough either, damn it. Exactly. You and I aren't represented by a union. You know, these guys, uh, they have a, a, a mass group of people to represent them. And can uh, uh, push the contract negotiation in their favor. That's wonderful. I I I wish I had that. Um, young Adam Schwab says, "Wasn't the OA strike about residuals regarding DVDs?" I believe so. Uh, Kenny kind of echoes what I was talking about. I think all the late night shows should go on and do what they can without writers. Fallon, Colbert, et cetera. Let's see who rises to the challenge without their precious writers. Um, as long as they don't actually write, I mean, actually write a thought down and then have it in front of them to read. It's all uh, ad lib. That would be very interesting to me. Kyle writes, it's um, it's funny. You give smug beer shit for non-important info, and then you do it. When? I can't remember what the fuck I said on this show. Are you kidding me? Maureen says, Colbert showed a pic of his writers last night. I was shocked at how many of them there are. There must have been like 25 to 30, including Colbert. By the way, with that comment from our beloved pal Maureen, I have been informed that today is the actual date of her birth. So however many years ago today, like 94 years ago today, a doctor looked at this little child in the face. And the child didn't know how to speak, but probably was thinking, Oh, wow. Oh, there's a doctor. Wow. He looks fun. I wish I could engage him with some nice, fun story time. And tell him about what it was like inside of my mother. I'll start with the journey out. Well, I was feet first. And then, or maybe I was head first. I can't remember. Well, anyway, it's not important. Uh, I ended up going through the birth canal. And boy, it was a little bit of a tight fit. But as I made my way out of there... All of a sudden, I felt a little bit of coolness on the top of my head. I was like, oh, no, I don't want to go out of there. I'd rather be inside. And this story goes on in her own brain for like an hour. 
Since then, nothing's changed. Uh, Linda says, my poor mother had the highest birth weight of the six of us. Your mom had six kids? Oh, fuck. That's rough. Holy cow. God, God bless your mother. Well, happy birthday, Maureen. Hope you get some. All right. Maureen says, Eric, you have tamed down your impression of me. This one makes me laugh harder. Yeah, I guess it just depends on the mood. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. Your old pal EZ has to go tinkle, okay? Sit tight. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Thank you. Well, first of all, let me say this. Um, As I indicated earlier, if you spend a lot of time listening to shows at work, I mean, there are folks. I just got an email from uh, a nice lady named uh, Ashley, I believe. Yeah, Ashley. Ashley B. Subject line, heartbroken. This is my last week listening to you on audio because work has decided to take our earbud privileges away. What? I wish I could have you do a cameo and tell my boss to fuck off. Thanks for the laughs on the long 10-hour days. It was the highlight of my day. I look forward to the two hours. I'll have to catch up on Twitch at night. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about. If you're a person that uh, has a lot of opportunities to listen and you like what I'm doing and... You know, it's awesome. Thank you for listening to the free podcast, but you'd like more. I mean, there's plenty more to listen to that I can help fill in those gaps with ad-free listener-supported Patreon. Uh, For every free podcast I do, I do a daily bonus Patreon podcast. Uh, It's like a whole new world of Eric Zane Show podcasting, but it's different because you have the aforementioned daily show, but then you have the game smarter than a former drug dealer trivia today. I'll play uh, Dale taking on Tom, Tom C. Uh, the insane asylum. I post that. That's my two hour music driven radio show on Northern Michigan's Q 100. I make it available on Patreon with no commercials. The lost Zane recordings, uh, replays of my old radio shows from, jeez, uh, six, seven years ago. Uh, not to mention the fresh programming, the uh, more fresh programming. Uh, actually, Lost Zane is the only thing that's old. More fresh programming, including Who Are These Zanes, which is Ben and I reviewing my old audio clips and ripping me a new asshole. And then the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, a show in and of itself, 90 minutes. So that's uh, hours and hours of content each week. So if you love the free podcast, please consider signing up for ad-free listener-supported Patreon. Five or ten bucks a month. I say this a lot. Try it out for just one month. Knowing that, hey, I might cancel this. In fact, I encourage you to cancel it right away. You'll still get that month that you already paid for. And then if you hate it, it will not auto-renew on you. I don't want you to get stuck with a charge that you don't want to pay, you know, you just because you forgot to cancel it. You can always sign up again if you like it. And if you do and would like to pay for an entire year, 
because of that kind gesture, I will take 10% off of the cost. So what was 60 bucks a year for the audio is 54. What was 120 a year for audio video with live streams is 108. So there you go. Uh, nobody on Patreon puts more content out than your old pal EZ. I go hard and long every day. I know that sounds sexual. Um, I put in about 10 hours a day of building this and I have for going on four and a half years. Yesterday I hit show 1050. That's kind of a milestone. Well, it is a milestone. Now that's 1050 free podcasts and 1050 Patreon bonus podcasts. Nobody puts out more. My thinking is when I built this whole thing, I'm going to have a ball doing the free podcast. At some point during the free podcast, I'm doing the hard sell on the Patreon to get people to sign up. That's the model. That's what I built this on. And that's what I'll continue to do. So if you're thinking about it, please give it a try. Uh, You'll be out just five or 10 bucks for that first month and see if you like it. Thank you. Meanwhile, on this free show, it's powered by actual direct cash sponsors who implore me, urge me, and uh, I should say hire me. Boy, I can't come up with words today to tell you about their goods and services. Throat Slash Dale is the owner-operator of Superior Cleaning and Power Washing. This is the time of year when people call upon him to get an estimate on a power washing job. He's going to be here at the house in uh, 17 days. He's going to power wash the area around the pool. He's going to power wash all the uh, landscaping stones and my house. He does it every year. My wife sits there and makes me record video so she can look at this hunky man doing his work. Call Dale to schedule an estimate. 231-740-4098-231-740-4098. Superior cleaning and power washing. He also cleans restaurant hoods. Like if you're on the grill, that thing above, it pulls all the uh, grease and vapor up. It has to be cleaned by a trained, uh, accredited professional. All right. Uh, Thank you, Kent County Health Department. These folks uh, work tirelessly to make sure uh, that the um, population is fed as best that they can and is healthy. Contrary to popular belief, the Kent County Health Department or any health department uh, outside of Ottawa County is um, only concerned with your health. I shouldn't say that about Ottawa County because the lady that they have running it, that those pieces of shit have tried to fire, uh, is actually a a, a wonderful human being, Adeline Hambly. More on that later, I think. If not on this show, I'll do it on the Patreon. 
Uh, anyway, Kent County Health Department, you can uh, get information on the WIC program when you go to their website, accesskent.com slash health. If you're uh, having an issue, excuse me, if you're uh, having an issue, of course, with um, keeping food on the table, call upon them. Their phone number is 616-632-7200. The WIC program is absolutely outstanding. If you qualify, you can get access to a ton of food each and every month to help keep um, you or the or the little ones fed. And maybe it's not you. It could be someone you know or love. Point them in the direction of the Kent County Health Department. Please, please, please. All right. Some uh, big news in the music industry. I'll start with the sad news. Holy shit. I was uh, saddened to learn that one of the most prolific singer-songwriters ever is silenced. 84 years old. Gordon Lightfoot has passed. Um, Absolute legend. People like Bob Dylan said, God damn, I want to be like Gordon Lightfoot. Legends who know how to sing and write said Gordon Lightfoot, the absolute shit. If you really want to... um. If you really want to uh, uh, see a great documentary about this guy's life, there is a documentary that you can uh, uh, watch on Amazon, Amazon Prime, about him and uh, kind of like his his life story about how this guy came to be. I don't think Linda is was a fan of Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, I don't think I'm a fan of you. She she writes, now that he's been dead for a few hours. And Linda writes, oh boy, my all-time depressing artist of favorite depressing artist of all time, Ugg. So she's basically dancing on the grave of this guy. Kenny says, never heard of this guy. Well, have you ever heard of this song, Kenny? Maybe you've heard of his music. It's a very, very popular song called The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Now, I could understand why somebody uh, not from the upper Midwest has heard of him because, you know, we're closer to Canada and uh, Kenny has not heard of The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Now, I can't play it for you. I don't want to. And um, I would get in trouble with Twitch. But anybody in, in Michigan knows about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Holy shit. Uh, An incredible song. Young Adam Schwab says it's Michigan's unofficial state anthem. I'm so glad that you weighed in because right now all I've heard is a bunch of butt fuck comments from stupid shits like Linda, okay? And Kenny doesn't even know who the fuck this is. Thank you. Now Nick's bringing it home. By the way, if I see any more sideways fucking comments about Gordon Lightfoot, you dumb motherfuckers, 
Uh, okay, Linda, you're taking a you're taking a rare sit down here. Uh, she writes, "I've had three people notify me of his death so far today, starting at six thirty a.m. Jesus, yeah, shut the fuck up. There you go. Sit down for a good six hundred seconds. And anybody else who talks any shit about Gordon Lightfoot." is going to sit the fuck down. Kenny's going to get one just because. I've never met a person who's less diversified in his music than Kenny. God damn it. Nick writes... Uh, One of the lines, does anyone know where the love of God goes when the waves turn the minutes to hours? What a line. It's a haunting song. Aram writes, anybody who knows anything about music admires Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, he, um, He wrote a song called Sundown which is about the soul-sucking woman who, um, let's see, what was the name of the chick that was with uh, John Belushi when he died? Bitch who was with John Belushi when he died. Kathy Smith. That sick bitch served prison time because she cooked up a bag ba- a, a bad batch of whatever which killed him and she went to prison for that well before she decided to kill John Belushi she was uh with Gordon Lightfoot and um he wrote that song about her because she's a soul-sucking harpy Uh, let me I forget the words. I think um, there's something about that song. Sundown lyrics. I can see her lying back in her satin dress in a room where you do what you don't confess. So what he's saying there is this is when he's getting ready to have sex with her. And then wild shit's about to go down. And he says, sundown, you better take care. If I find you creeping around my back stairs. Now that line right there, sundown, you better take care. If I find you creeping around my back stairs. I think he referred to her. Her nickname was sundown. That's weird. But I think, you know, the first uh, verse is, I can see her lying back in her satin dress in a room where you do what you don't confess. So that's when he was really like madly in love with her. But, you know, the uh, chorus is sundown. You better take care if I find you creeping around my back stairs. That means he's going to put his fist through her fucking face if he sees her around his home somewhere in Ottawa. She's been looking like a queen in a sailor's dream, and she don't always say what she really means. Hmm. Sometimes I think it's a shame when I get feeling better. When I'm feeling no pain. I can picture every move that a man could make getting lost in her loving is your first mistake. So that's him saying it. That's Gordon Lightfoot's message to John Belushi. He's like, don't do it. I can picture every move that a man could make getting lost in her loving is your first mistake. 
Now, back then, you couldn't write words like pussy in a song. But uh, Gordon Lightfoot, that's what he meant to write. I can picture every I can picture every move that a man could make. Getting lost in a pussy is your own mistake. Sundown, you better take care if I find you've been creeping. Hold on. Uh, I can picture every move that a man could make. Getting lost in a pussy is your first mistake. Sunday, you better take care if I find you've been creeping round my backstairs. Sometimes I think it's a sin when I feel like I'm winning when I'm losing again. It's like he keeps going back to it. It's like, ah, oh, man, I fucked it up. Next verse. I can see her looking fast in her faded jeans. Looking fast in her faded jeans. She's a hard-loving woman, got me feeling mean. So she's fucking him up at this point. His attitude's getting terrible. Uh, See her looking fast. I don't know what he means by see her looking fast in her faded jeans. I'm not sure. Uh, She's a hard-loving woman, got me feeling mean. Uh, And then he repeats uh, this two choruses that you've heard again, and then the song ends. So that was a warning for Belushi. Stay away from Kathy Smith. She's a fucking psycho. But did Belushi listen? No. He'd still be alive today. That dumb bitch hadn't sunk her claws into him. Motherfucker. Uh, The suggestion of uh, devil voice Gordon Lightfoot. Check, check. Oh. I don't know if I can do this. Hello. I can see her fucking fast in her faded jeans. She's a hard-loving woman, got me feeling mean. Sometimes I think it's a shame when I get feeling better and I'm feeling no pain. Sundown, you better take care if I find you've been creeping round my backstairs. Hold on a second. Rock of the Edmund Fitz. Uh, Gerald. Lyrics. Perhaps we can do some easy karaoke at the threat of a, uh, of a twitch strike. I hope not. Uh, wreck of the Edmund. Oh, fuck. Hang on. Edmund. God damn it. Fitzgerald karaoke. Okay, if it gets muted, you know what happened. It's some tough trouble, but I don't give a fuck. You must. It's tribute to Edmund Fitzgerald.
legend lives on from the Chippewa down to the big lake they call Gitchikobi. Look, it is said never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. I can't do it, I can't. With a load of iron ore, 26,000 tons more, and the wishman's been zeroed way to One more verse, one more verse. 
Patreon rolls superior scenes in the rooms of her ice water mansion. Old Michigan steams like a young man's dreams. The islands and bays offer sports news. Wait, maybe two more words. Father Beetle and Ontario takes in what Lake Erie can send her. The Iron Boys go and the Mariners go with the girls of November remember. I shut him down. He read, I got silence for 10 minutes for never hearing of this guy. Right as I was saying, I wanted to hear the song. That's fucked up. <laughs> Linda says, be glad you've never heard it before. It's the never, it's the never ending depressing song. That's oh, a wonderful song fucking fantastic uh kenny said it's like some sort of odd pirate sounding drinking song yes that pirates would probably force everyone to listen to after they pillaged your town and killed all the men and raped all the women Linda says, if you consider this a gift for your birthday, Maureen, I can bring over the litter box scooping uh, from your nieces later. So basically, shit. Ashley says, what a great time to log in. Of course, that would be Ashley. You all know. She's very famous. She's been repairing her image lately. 
that had been destroyed for some time. Glad you're here. Cole says one of the best songs ever. I forgot which one of you might have been Cole. Cole, was it you that introduced me to the Headstones version of that? Oh, I love that so much. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot. I remember when I watched the documentary, I couldn't believe how bad he looked considering this is, you know, like you see somebody when they get old, they don't look too much like when they were younger, obviously, because, you know, father time is undefeated. But uh, take a look at this. Okay, here he is. He looks like a big pile of shit. Okay. And this is back in 17, 2017. He doesn't look anything like what he looked like when he was young. I mean, at all. I mean, here he is, young, vibrant, uh, mustache, long hair. I mean, to compare him, God, he looks like a big pile of shit. He looked quite fragile in that Amazon thing. Here he is. This is him. Uh, kind of like the way he looked later in life. But in my opinion, look at here's a great comparison. He had a very uh, popular song called If You Could Read My Mind that a lot of people loved. These are a soft, folky type of songs, you know. This is the type of song, Gordon Lightfoot, getting back to John Belusi. Uh, remember that scene in uh, Animal House when the dude's playing the acoustic guitar and then Belushi smashes the shit out of the, uh, out of the guitar? You'd be playing like a Gordon Lightfoot song, you know? Very soft vibe to it. All right, here he is four years ago. Looks like he look he's got Ozempic face. That that's not good. You know it was getting rough when he's got Ozempic face with Crip Keeper hands, you know. I mean, Jesus Christ, he's he's essentially a, a decrepit monkey skeleton at this point. I now I gotta mute myself because now I'm saying, I'm talking shit about Gordon Lightfoot saying he's got Ozempic face and looks like a decrepit <laughs> monkey skeleton. As Kenny writes, I am not sad. This guy is dead. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, fuck. That, you know what? I take back the timeout because that really made me laugh. Florida man 814 says something we already know. He was a better guitar player than Dimebag Daryl. Oh, who wasn't? A, I'm a better guitar player than Dimebag Daryl. Dimebag Daryl was shit. He didn't even know how to play guitar. He didn't even know you have to use that uh, with your, while your right hand uh, hits the strings, that the left hand is supposed to actually hit notes on the frets. He didn't, he didn't even use it. He would just, you just hold on to it. He thought it was like a handle. Soaked in bleach, which is Stevie, uh, also hates Gordon Lightfoot. We seem to have established a, a, a clear uh, uh, line between the audience, between those who adore Gordon Lightfoot, which I am on that team, and those who hate Gordon Lightfoot and are actually 
pleased with his passing. And that is fucking horrible. My God. I don't know if I want to do a show where uh, people are taking shots at a man who's been dead for like 18 hours. Stevie says, I never said I hated him. I just don't care for his music. Yeah, it's good enough. That's, that's enough. That's, that's a horrible thing to say. You ever heard of a, when you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all? Yeah, you can't do that. Florida Man 814 says something we can all agree on. Now that Gordon Lightfoot has passed, the best Canadian guitar player is uh, Cardiff Electric. Can't argue with that. Kenny says his name was as fucked up as his music, Gordon Lightfoot. Was that his real name? I wonder if that was his real name. Gordon Lightfoot Wiki. Yeah. Just, uh, is that, is that like a uh, type of name that maybe a uh, native Canadian or a native American would have? Like, uh, you know, uh, Gordon Two Deer Running. Gordon Meredith Lightfoot Jr. So I'm looking at the wiki page. And now, of course, it says uh, his date of birth and then his date of death, May 1, 2023, was a Canadian singer, songwriter, and guitarist. Do you think that there is a rush to the wiki to be the one who adds the word was? And if, and if you get it, if you are the one that, that, you know, sometimes you'll like, uh, go to someone's wiki page and write down that they're a fucking asshole. And then it get it immediately gets changed back. If someone writes was, does it immediately get changed back to is, you know, before they actually know that he's dead. Like if Gordon Lightfoot's son or daughter, whoever that is, I don't even know if that is the person. When's, oh, God, oh, my God, Dad's dead. I better go to the wiki page and update it. Does he get, like, uh, a wiki ticket for saying, this isn't true? He's like, no, it is. I'm with them right now. I'll look, I'll send you a picture of my dad. All right. Rest in peace to him. I know um, audience member Trucker Dan, huge Lightfoot fan, as am I. And you all should be. I'm so... And uh, I'll tell you what, until I get everyone in the audience saying how great he is, that includes Stevie, Kenny, and Linda, I am only going to uh, discuss Gordon Lightfoot on this show. In fact, I'm going to change the show name to the Gordon Lightfoot Lyrical Review Show. All right, I might have painted myself into a corner with that. There's no way I'm going to do that. That's just the dumbest thing anyone's ever said on this show. Fuck me. All right, rest in peace, Gordon Lightfoot. All right, now I want to say like a transition. All right, uh, speaking of death, take a look at this. It kind of doesn't really work. A couple of odd things I saw. One is concerning a uh, broadcast of an NBA game. It was the uh, game seven 
of the series between Golden State and Sacramento. But Golden State won, and they're wrapping up that game, and they said, all right, coming up next, the Knicks are taking on the Heat in game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals. By the way, the Knicks, they don't they don't win that much. They, they, they've advanced for the first time in a while. There's been a lot of teams that have been winning in the playoffs, like the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. They won a playoff series. It never happens. Um, anyway, so they're wrapping up the, uh, Kings and Warriors. All right, coming up next, you got the Heat and the Knicks. And, uh, while they're promoting that, you see a clip of like, uh, like, uh, they, they show the New York skyline. Uh, we're going to be live from New York. Uh, we got the big game. Pay attention. To the end of this, audio check, video check. Uh, you, you can't hear much. And it doesn't matter because it's somebody, you don't need the audio. Uh, you, he's holding his cell phone at the, at the, um, at the TV. See, look, Nixon, heat coming up. You see the Statue of Liberty there? What else do you see there? You see the Twin Towers. What the fuck? How old is that footage? Oh, my God. Really stands out. What a bunch of idiots. I mean, I, I don't get how, um, I mean, like if I fuck something up on this show, it's, it's easy to, you know, grasp. Yeah. Cause it's just me fucking around. You'd expect that out of me. This is like a, a, a TV broadcast. And out of all the stock footage to show New York skyline, are, are, are you telling me that that's the best you could come up with? Josh says the footage was from the last time the Knicks won a series. Well done. Fuck. How stupid is that? ESPN had to apologize for that deal. Um, they apologize for using old B-roll of the, uh, of the Twin Towers. It's common practice for networks to use stock footage of major cities as establishing shots during sporting events, but uh, during the ESPN ABC broadcast, the unthinkable happened. We mistakenly used an old stock image, and we apologize. Senior Director of Communications Ben Carfato told Awful Announcing. My God. Imagine if it's all like a troll. He, he, like, hates the Knicks, and he just wants to piss people off. So, like, the next time they show a picture of, like, uh, you know, the pile after the buildings fell down or actually a clip of the plane going into the, all right, uh, here we are in New York as the Knicks. Ah, oh! you know, that's yeah, stupid. All right. Kyle Schwarber of the Philadelphia Phillies 
He's in left field. And baseball does this from time to time where they will uh, interview players while they're out in the field. And this guy's in left field, and he's conducting an interview live on the air. Now, that's great. Sure as shit. While he's in left field. Uh, the ball has hit his direction. You got a split screen. On the left is Schwarber having a conversation, talking about baseball shit, so it's boring. And then to the right is the pitcher throwing to the batter who then blisters one uh, right to the vicinity of Schwarber. Audio check, video check. Is it that they've, they've come so far so quickly? Yeah, I think you look at the consistent work that these guys put in. Um you know, everyone kind of saw it last year. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. He goes, oh, God. Okay. So, as soon as the ball, as soon as I, I was impressed with the reaction time, as soon as that guy swung, he's like, he knows the ball's coming that, coming that way. He goes, oh, shoot. And then, as the set, but the center fielder, not Schwarber, makes a play on it and he fucks it up. He drops the ball. Schwarber goes, oh, God. You know, everyone kind of saw it last year. Oh, shoot. Oh, God. <laughs> so this, whoever this caveman is in center field, he throws the ball in. And he was the guy that was there. A tremendous attempt. It's just right between us. Really, one of those ones that's right between us. We're good. Come on. I don't know. It looks like Marsh is kind of pissed off. Did he think that Schwarber should have gotten it? Oh, shoot. There's no way. No, that guy should have. It's his fault. The guy in center field's fault. But if you're the manager, you're like, what the? I guess maybe you could have had it if you weren't having the conversation with the TV people, you asshole. I love it, though. Uh, every game, there should be, uh, they should have everybody mic'd. God dang it. That is, that really, on the next collective bargaining agreement, you know, if baseball's like, look, we really want to capitalize on this and improve our game, uh, we need more players mic'd like it's mandatory. I would make that a reason, uh, to, uh, a thing to actually uh, put as it has to happen. They don't have a choice. They must be mic'd. Extra money if you swear, you know? All right. Thank you to Blue Frost IT, the managed IT service provider for the Eric Zane Show podcast. 616-285-50. So there's really only one thing to do if at your place of business, everything that your employees are using runs slowly, is antiquated, uh, is causing trouble, you need to upgrade more than likely. When you're ready to take that step, please reach out to Blue Frost IT at 616-285-50. You'll sit down for a 30-minute complimentary consultation uh, about how you can improve your tech. And to do that, you have to tell... Uh, Alan from Blue Frost IT, everything about your business. And then he's going to say, all right, this is what you need to get this thing up and running. You need to buy this, this, and this. 
He helps you with every step of that process and helps you make your purchase and helps you set it up and boom, it's all there for you. If you already have an existing setup and just want a managed IT service provider to keep an eye on things so that you're not the victim of some type of weirdo attack that screws everything up, do consider Blue Frost IT as your managed IT service provider, 616-285-50. They set me up here with everything I needed, and they can do the same for you. Uh, A&E Heating and Cooling is who you need for anything for your furnace or air conditioning setups. Also water heaters. They can also do a water heater for you. Uh, go ahead and get a couple estimates from uh, the other guys. Have Joe Martinez be last. If they happen to come in lower than Joe Martinez, explain to him what's up and he'll tell you why you're getting ripped off or we'll make his price uh, and uh, beat their price. 616-516-8579. Right now he's taking calls so that you can get your AC tuned up. Last thing you want to do is just turn that thing on to start the season. You want to have it tuned up, ready to go. 616-516-8579. Ed Sheeran is uh, threatening to take his ball and go home. The estate of Marvin Gaye said that this one of um, Sheeran's songs is a ripoff of Let's Get It On. Thinking Out Loud is the song in question. The state of Marvin Gaye is like, yep, it sounds just like Let's Get It On. And I'm sure if we listened to them right now, we would hear similarities. I've never really understood how any um, court could see any of these because a lot of times... Uh, there are similar chord pro, uh, chord progressions. I mean, you can only you only have so many type of uh, things you can do, and occasionally with the uh, mountains of music that have been made over the years, you will encounter similarities um, that might not be one might not be influenced in any way. Like the Sheeran song, I'm I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say he didn't listen to Marvin Gaye's "Let's Get It On" and say, "Oh, I'm gonna steal that." and uh, make a different song. I think it just kind of happens. And then someone says, oh, that reminds me of this. And then some asshole will go, well, yeah, you should sue because you can't do that. You can't have, it's clear they stole it, but I, I, I just don't believe that. Now, there are some times when you can actually get proof that something was stolen. Okay? Um, I think it was, John Fogarty, he, one of his songs um, with Creedence Clearwater Revival, he made, and then I think he lost the rights to his own music. So the song, it might have been a song called Run Through the Jungle by CCR, was owned by someone else. And he made another song called uh, Old Man Down the Road or something like that when he was a solo artist. And he was sued for making a song 
that sounded similar to a song he made. <laughs> How fucked up is that? Sir, we believe that your song, you sound like yourself. What? So I've never really uh, put much stock into these things. What's weird about this is that um, he says that if he loses this lawsuit, he is no longer going. He's no longer going to make music. That would be like if uh, Smug Beer sued me for stealing something from him. And then I lost and said, that's it. I'm not doing any more podcasts. That's just ridiculous. You know, it's uh, what is that uh, saying? Uh, cut off your face and uh, pick your nose or some shit. Smite your nose to uh, cut off your face. Your face and nose hurt or some shit. I don't know. It's supposed to mean. Uh, I don't even know. I'm fucking tired. Something about spite. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, he expressed the toll that the copyright infringement case had on him as his attorney, Aline Farkas, Scott Farkas's mom, asked what would happen if the trial, which began last week in federal court, doesn't pan out his way. If that happens, I'm done. He says, I find it really insulting to work my whole life as a singer-songwriter and diminish it. That's the way Gordon Lightfoot's soul feels when Linda bashes him for no particular reason. Earlier, Sheeran's lawyer questioned the singer about live performances and the writing of his song, Thinking Out Loud, parts of which is accused of lifting from Gay's, from Gay's song. He said, no, I did not do that. Did you copy anything from Let's Get It On when you wrote Thinking Out Loud, Farkas asked. No. The four-time Grammy, winning, a Grammy award-winning musician who last week performed a snippet of Thinking Out Loud during his testimony belted out various mashups of Van Morrison songs for the courtroom on Monday. I don't know why he would do that. I think he was illustrating that um, there are times that other artists can sound um, like others. I guess he's saying that uh, various Van Morrison songs could also be construed as sounding like let's get it on through the chord progressions that he's playing. Ed Sheeran always struck me as uh, he always looked like he was, um, you know how in that uh, movie, the Lord of the Rings, there was um, uh, Bilbo and then Frodo and Samwise and uh, uh, Mary and Pippin. It's like he could have been one of those. Like if you uh, took that head right now and put it on any one of those characters that I just described to you, you'd be like, oh, that's very believable. He looks like a fucking hobbit. He needs to be like, uh, when he shows up to court, not be wearing a suit. He should wear like the shit that like Mary or Pippin would wear and sw uh, swinging that uh, sword that lights up when the orcs are near.
You know? That's what he reminds me of. see what's going on here okay um gay never entered her um let's see what the fuck is wrong with me sorry i thought that there was a family member speaking for marvin gay so that uh, testimony continues and he's like that's it if i if i'm done Before uh, Sheeran got on the stand, he embraced Catherine Townsend Griffin, the daughter of the late Ed Townsend, the co-writer of Let's Get It On with Marvin Gaye, who was one of the plaintiffs suing him. Sheeran on his testimony. um, Wait a minute. First of all, it says, once we had written and Ed started playing it from the phone, we both said it was a Van Morrison song, she said. It had the same sort of feel as a Van Morrison song. Sheeran in his testimony also clapped back at the plaintiff's musicologist, Alexander Stewart, who argued last week that the first 24 seconds of thinking out loud were similar to the beginning of let's get it on. Ed said, if I have to be honest, what he's doing here is criminal. I don't know how he could be an expert. Sheeran grew irritated in a cross-examination when he was drilled by plaintiff lawyer Robert Frank about his past writing collaborations with artists and how he plays his music. Me, personally, I know what I'm playing on guitar, said Sheeran. Sheeran and uh, Catherine Townsend Griffin shared a handshake and a lengthy hug before exchanging a few words. You know he's leaning and saying, you fucking bitch. Following Townsend's Griffin's uh, return to justice, Lewis Stanton's courtroom after she suddenly collapsed during proceedings last week. If jurors rule against Sheer in a second trial, we'll, de- we'll determine what damages are owned to the Townsend family. This is a fucking money grab. Holy shit. Marvin Gaye, absolute legend. You know, his dad shot him to death. I remember that one. It was in Detroit. I think. I know he's from Detroit, I think. Wait a minute. What am I saying here? I don't even think I know anything about Marvin Gaye. Well, anyway, I know his dad shot him. Kenny says, imagine if Led Zeppelin listened too much to Greta Van Fleet. We all agreed they sounded too much like us, so we decided to sue. Ghostbusters, I want a new drug, is another classic example. Yes. Kyle says, good riddance, you soulless ginger. You know, my wife has red hair, Kyle. It's cut off your nose to spite your face. So, like, I'm mad at my face, so I'm going to cut off my nose so you're doing, like, harm to yourself. I get it. Getting a lot of comments that our very own Darla is looking very cute. Crashed out, sound asleep there. Probably going to start twitching here. That one top uh, front leg is out straight. It's 
moving with every breath she takes. Every breath you take. Another great song. Oh my God. I've got music in my soul. Okay. I'm going to share with you a story that I just discovered on this favorite site that I've referenced many times called Cora.com. This is Julianne Kopecki. She's a teenager in this clip. She's walking through, uh, I think it's some kind of like Amazon jungle in the water wearing a sundress. What the fuck is she doing? What, what the fuck is she doing? She's trying to find her uh, mother. She found her mother uh, about 30 days after she was in a plane crash. The little girl, or the teenager, knew where to go because she was in the same plane crash. Um, there was a lightning strike on the plane and the plane started to break apart. She's in uh, the middle section of seats. The seats rip up and she's got her seatbelt on. She's now out of the plane. And she's falling to her death. Amazingly, the seats that are next to her, which had passengers in them, but they've since flown out, she is alone. It's her seatbelt in to this seat. To the right is this empty seat. To the left is an empty seat. As she is two miles high, she is now free falling. And she's going to die. She's falling to her death. This is in 1971. The amount of time it takes for her to fall, that's when she's, she's going to die. The seats next to her, though, start to serve as uh, uh, catch a lot of air and slow her descent. As she's falling, just before she hits the Amazon canopy of trees in the rainforest, she's looking up at the sky. The seat back is going to hit the trees. She lucked out. And she crashes down through the tree canopy. Every leaf slowing her down a little bit. And plop on the floor of the Amazon jungle, looking up at plane parts still falling down around her and people. And she's alive. She lived. Julianne Kopecki takes off her seatbelt. Like, ah, fuck. And she looks and her arm's all fucked up. It's cut bad. She has no idea where she is. And she's in hysterics. What the fuck? She just starts to wander. 
She does encounter water sources, you know, drinking from a stream and shit like that. She's, she's hurt, you know. After 10 days, she wanders upon a lagoon that has a boat. She has enough sense, Julianne Kopecki, to um, realize that the arm needed some serious treatment and there were actual maggots that have infested infested the arm. An infestation is what I want to say of maggots. You know, she sleeps at night and uh, various uh, bugs uh, drop their larvae on there. And so she has, has, has growth. She gets, she notices that inside of the gas can or uh, the gas tank of this motor, um, there's uh, gas in it. She dips a rag in there, pulls it out and squeezes gas onto the wound. And this was key because it drives out all of the maggots. Um, she then wanders around some more and some Fishermen find her. Now, she, she actually had spent 11 days in the rainforest, most, most of which were spent making her way through the water, dealt with severe insect bites and the infestation of maggots in the wounded arms. Uh, shortly after the gas thing, she discovered the encampment of the local fishermen. The fishermen gave her proper first aid and transported her via canoe to a more inhabited area where she was soon airlifted to a hospital. She is the only survivor of the uh, plane crash. The Lanza Flight 508. What the fuck? She fell two miles out of the sky. They uh, said that her um, the speed at which she was falling may have also been lessened because there happened to be a massive thunderstorm happening. That was well, the lightning brought the plane down, which was causing an updraft, and that slowed her down significantly too. So winds are going up towards her, and she's coming down. The seat served as kind of like a a break of the wind, which slowed her down, and then uh, appropriately hitting the canopy, she fucking survived. After recovering from the injuries, Kopecky uh, assisted search parties. That's the picture I showed you of her locating the crash site and recovering the bodies. And then she discovered her mom on the 12th of January, 1972. So about half a month later. Can you imagine that you're walking through the same area where you just were? She's still alive today. This is her. This is incredible. There's been two films made about her. One she hated because it was extremely fictionalized and silly. And then another one in the mid-90s was the documentary style. Amazing. Kyle writes the lines to the song Free Fall and Tyler says, yeah, no song lyrics. And, um, Maureen says, Maureen says, wow, that's incredible. And I just heard Kelly Cheese say, incredible. Cars, Christmas, cure, crack, crease, credible. Okay. 
Unbelievable story. Just wanted to pass that along. Sometimes I do that. I find something interesting. I just can't help myself. I cannot wait to share it with you. I hope you like those. Sometimes I wonder, I go, people are going to think you're just being stupid. No, I love that. That needs to be a new movie right now. Okay. Before we get to the asshole of the day, I am, we're going to try to get racing in this weekend at Berlin Raceway. Tickets are still just 14 bucks online. They are starting at 4 p.m. this weekend at Berlin Raceway. Get your tickets, berlinraceway.com. Tickets, 14 bucks, 15 and under, free, always. Parking, free, always. Bring in your own food, absolutely. Uh, 12 by, you know what? I think it's a 12 by 9 cooler. Go to the website if you need specifics. Uh, 12 by 8, 12 by 9 cooler. And they do check the size, so do find that out. And uh, pack it with as much food as you want, as, uh, all the soft drinks you that you, excuse me, want to drink. That the kids, so basically, you can do it on a budget. Uh, no glass, no alcohol. They sell that there. BerlinRaceway.com, uh, the best. In fact, I will be out there June 3rd. June 3rd. So, a month and a day, you will be with me. And I would love you to put that down as a date that you definitely buy tickets to because I want a whole group. Uh, We can get Kyler to go out there and we can have people beat the shit out of him when he says nasty words in public. Which, by the way, that fucking guy posted all this stuff about how his kids did awesome in the uh, youth league sports, which is great. You know, he's really proud of them and and says some nice things about his kids. And it's like, hey, um, fuckhead, do you swear like you do when you're at those events? Because I'll bet you, you, well, I can't say for sure. Maybe you do. If you're so-called keeping it real and they're just words, you know, then I definitely would think that you'd be saying, yeah, fuck that ref. Like you like to do, you filthy animal. Fuck me. All right. Thank you to M37 Hackers in Middleville, West Michigan's newest golf simulation theater headquarters. I don't know. Place where you can do golf simulation. Rent a bay for 40 bucks an hour. Call them at 269-205-2095. I'm sorry, 2095. Best the golf best golf courses in the world today. Several. All of them. Doesn't matter. For as long as you want. Uh, I love the idea of them at this place. You can actually bring your own beer. You can come in with a cooler and bring your own beer. They don't have a liquor license, so that's how they do it. And you have fun with your pals. Uh, playing on the best courses in the world without getting exhausted. And playing a lot of golf in a short period of time. 269-205-2095. I could get into that, man. I mean, that's a, that's like a fucking living a video game. That's like living golden tea is what that is. Without all the bullshit of bacon in the sun and fucking outside like an asshole i know i I should be happy to be outside but golf sucks so much dick after one hole all i want to do is sit down for the rest of the day Uh, if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it at m37 hackers 269-205-2095 
Batting last in the order today, the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage, 231-332-6505. Love them so much. If you're ready to get started on getting a mortgage, this is who you call. 231-332-6505. From anywhere in the U.S., with the exception of South Carolina, uh, South Carolina, Maine, Alaska, and Hawaii. Get a mortgage or a refi to pay off a high-interest credit card bill through the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Your asshole of the day today, who is it going to be? Okay, we talked about uh, my little adventure up north coming. We talked about uh, Hollywood writers going on strike. Talked about how awful the radio industry is at that same time. Gordon Lightfoot passed away and some real pieces of shit said terrible things specifically. Oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. I don't know if this has ever happened. Hell will have frozen over. For uh, horrible things said about Gordon Lightfoot, Radio Voice Linda, brought to you by TC Paintball, is the asshole of the day. Fucking A. Can't believe it. All right. Shocking. Uh, I see Kenny's trying his uh, read above trick again. No, no, I don't, I don't. I don't read above. If I see it, I see it. Because you did read above, you get a ban. Read above is not allowed. When you tell me to read above, that means I look, which means I pause, which means it wrecks the flow of whatever the fuck I'm talking about. So quit telling me to look above unless it says Russia just shot a nuclear weapon. Thank you. Have a good one. I'll talk to you on the Patreon. We got smarter than a former drug dealer trivia coming up in uh, moments. Till next time, thank you. Goodbye.
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.